Sometimes you gotta just start. This is the intro song. This is the O Quits' day job motivation to get you started podcast. A podcast from a guy who really doesn't know what he's doing for people who really don't know what they're doing. Join me, your host, Craig Owens, a.k.a. O, as I unpack the hows and whys of people who just can't seem to get unstuck and start pursuing their dreams, just like me. We'll grow together and figure this thing out. I'll figure it out a podcast. You'll figure out how to pursue your dreams. We'll grow together and we'll get better as a team. O quits his day job. Motivation to get you started. Coming at you right now. Hey gang, welcome back to O Quits His Day Job Motivation to Get You Started, episode 12. Very excited to be back. Second week in a row since our break on a hiatus today. What we're going to talk about is just me, no guests. Sorry, okay? Deal with it, but I'll keep it short, okay? Today, we're going to talk about will, okay? Will versus desire. Will versus motivation. Will versus skill, okay? You got to have the will, the will to win, the will to achieve, okay? And we're going to talk about how amazing our brain is and how fast it works and how that really, really screws us up. And then we're going to dial that into some quick communication techniques uh, that we're going to talk about to wrap it up. And uh, I don't know how long this is all going to take, so I might cut off that last part because that's just me talking. That's all this whole show is, just me talking. So I, I don't know, deal with it, I guess, right? At any rate, uh, Will, okay? People don't understand. Like people, How come, how are you going to succeed? I had a conversation with an old boss of mine way back in the day, and he said, uh, how is this guy going to succeed? And I said, well, he's motivated. He goes, well, that doesn't mean anything. He goes, people are always motivated, but some of them are motivated to not work very hard. Some of them are motivated to not have to do it without putting a lot of effort forth. Some are motivated for the easy way out. Some are motivated to do a really good job. Some are motivated to hit their goals. He goes, the difference is will. You got to have will. Okay. And that's an interesting concept to me. Uh, I was at the time anyway, because I didn't really think about it like that. And then, uh, so let's just like define what we mean by will. Now, if you look up will in the dictionary, it's got a ton of definitions. I mean, there's a ton. Let's think about the word will, how, how you use it in your everyday life, in your language. You, it's a million, a million ways it gets used. Not quite a million, maybe 10 or 15, but they're all in the dictionary. But the one dic- the definition that sticks out to me of all the definitions of the word will is A disposition to act according to principles or ends. Did you get that? Will is a disposition to act according to principles or ends. Now, we talked about principles before, uh, and I've used the example that uh, Stephen Covey gave in in a keynote speech I saw one time where he said principles are like lighthouses. They don't move. They don't change. They don't get out of the way. They don't modify. They are just there and they guide you. They guide you in a certain direction. You can ignore them and crash upon the rocks or you can use their guiding values and get where you need to get. That's what principles are. Okay. So if you have a a disposition to act 
towards principles, whatever your principles may be, or your ends, your ends being, again, seven habits of highly effective people, begin with the end in mind, okay? Have a plan. Think of where you're trying to get to. What are you trying to accomplish? You're trying to get on uh, a Broadway play. You're trying to be the lead singer of a band. You're trying to be a uh, a PhD professor at a certain university. Whatever your goal is, that's your end. You have to have the disposition to get to that end. That is will, Okay. I don't know if anybody ever heard of the TV show Alone. It's on History Channel and also Netflix. You can stream it. It's one of these reality shows, but it's actually a pretty cool. It's 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 this one's a real reality show because what they do is they take these 10 survivalists, you know, like these bear grills type people, these outdoorsmen that can live in the wilderness by themselves for weeks at a time. They can build their own houses and huts and they can hunt their own food and all that sort of stuff. They take 10 of these people and they drop them off in the middle of nowhere up in Canada, which is them, an icy lake and about 10,000 grizzly bears. And they just see who can last the longest of those 10 people. And, you know, they start dropping out even after just a couple of days for various reasons. And then gets, you know, after a couple of months, it starts getting tough. Um, So I was watching this most recent season and it's over. So here's a spoiler alert if you're worried about wondering who wins. Uh, A guy named Clay wins. All right. Sorry to break it to you. But Clay was a dude, man. That guy could survive. He probably could have gone longer. But since he was the last man standing, he won the contest after about 72 days. And they, they took him out and they let him go home. But what Clay said. At the end of the contest, uh, kind of summarizing how he felt about what just happened is he said when he went into this game, he thought it was going to be about skill. And what he found out once he got out there in the wilderness, it was about will, which I just thought was the coolest thing ever because it skill. Yeah, you can kill a deer with a bow and arrow. You can butcher it. You can smoke it. You can keep it fresh so that you can eat it for weeks at a time. You know how to do all that stuff. You can catch rabbits and snares and cook them. You know what you're doing. You can pick berries. You can fight a grizzly bear. But without the will to stay out there for 72 days, he couldn't have done it. He needed the will. He needed the disposition to act according to principles or ends. Okay. Boom. There's your little thing on will guys, gang, ladies, gentlemen, everybody out there that's listening to me because they want motivation to get started. The one thing you got to have is will. Okay. You got to have that, that you can't learn. You can't get trained on. You just got to decide you're going to do what you got to do. That's on you. That's on you. All right, moving on. Uh, Talked about this guy, a a district manager. He was a boss of mine. And he, he told me about his idea on motivation and will, like I just talked about. Um, He was probably the, one of the most positively influential managers that I ever worked for in my whole career of 35 odd years. And, uh, I also lived in fear that the dude hated me. I just thought he didn't like me. I just, for whatever reason, and I used to try to even have it out with him to get him to come square and say what was on his mind. And and he, he wouldn't. And I just said to myself that I don't think he's willing to talk to me about these things. I think he doesn't want to do it. And 
that's, that's, that's sort of a form of a paranoia that was setting in on me. It was kind of like I was talking myself into thinking this guy didn't like me. And I really didn't even have hard pressed, hardcore evidence that that was the case. So I don't know if any of you ever been through that where you're like, that guy doesn't like me, but you really don't know why, you know, it's like this paranoia. That's your brain fucking with you. And it is an amazing thing. The brain can do stuff that you never knew it could do. There's so much power up in our skulls, man. Uh, back in the day when I used to be on the road traveling as a sales rep a lot, and uh, I told you that I used to listen to books on tape, <laughs> books on tape, cassette tapes, and a little cassette player in a car. That was how long ago it was. Um, I listened to this dude. His name was uh, Earl Nightingale, and he goes back to the days of uh, like Napoleon Hill and Dale Carnegie and, and those kind of guys uh, from, I don't know, back in the 70s and even later earlier. Um, but he talked about in this one book, uh, about how the brain, he's talking about how people think they can't do things or they, they, you know, uh, they, you know, they sell themselves short because, uh, point he was making was that the brain can do so much more than we give it credit for. We don't think we can do things, um, but the brain has the capability. It's really amazing. You know, something else I did over the summer, as silly as this sounds, is um, I memorized uh, the, the names and locations of basically all 195 countries on the planet. Um, and I could tell you, <laughs> it sounds stupid that somebody would take the time to do that. But you know what? I was kind of... I was I was playing a game on my phone, which is a bad habit to constantly be playing on your phone. But I was doing it and I found a game where you had to guess the country. It's called Global, G-L-O-B-L-E, spelled weird, uh, but it's kind of a play on Wordle. Instead of guessing the word, you guess the country and uh, you, you had you know, as many guesses as it took, they don't limit your guesses, but you got to guess where the country, I'm like, well, how can I guess the country if I don't even know the countries? So then I went on to another website that basically was a, a map game that held you, made you guess countries. And I fucking listen, long story short, in a matter of days, I memorized every country on the planet. Okay. And that sounds nerdy as hell. I get it, man. That sounds stupid fucking weird. But I did it. And now I'm kind of proud of that. And the thing about it is you're all sitting there going, I could never remember where every fucking plant, every, every country uh, in the globe is. Yeah, you can, you can. And I did it in like two days. Okay. Y'all should know every state. You should know every state capital. This is the country we live in. Excuse me, folks that are listening from another country. And I appreciate you dialing in. I really do. I'm talking to people in the United States that live here as citizens of the state of the country and they don't know all 50 states. They don't know where they're located and they don't know the capitals. And I think they should. That's just me. All right. I'm sorry. Going off on my little opinion here. What I'm getting at is, listen to me, the brain can do stuff you never thought it could do. Okay. That's what Earl Nightingale told me years ago. Okay. So that being the case, that supercomputer in our head also can really mess with us. Okay. A uh, couple of books that I want you guys to check out. You do it if you want. I'm getting no, I have no, no say in these books. I got no, you know, I'm not getting paid by these dudes. I don't know if I'm even allowed to talk about these books. I don't know. Um, 
but I'm gonna because they're great books and I think everybody would benefit by checking them out. Uh, Unfuck Yourself by Gary John Bishop is a, an excellent book. And the other one is called, it sounds like a weird book. It's more of a business thing, but you can use it for everyday life. Crucial Conversations, uh, Tools for Talking When the Stakes Are High. Okay. And basically, uh, the, the, the subjects of those two books are slightly different, but they both have, uh, they talk about a common theme uh, in, in Gary John Bishop's book on fuck yourself, it's pretty much the theme of the entire book is that we screw with our own heads. We talk negative crap to ourselves all the time and we got to recognize that and we need to get through it. We need to change that thought process. He talks about, oh, here, remember how I said when you get a book that really helps you, that really works for you, I got blocking the mic. You probably can't hear me. I'm showing this to the YouTube folks. Sorry about it for your podcasters. You can't see it. But here's a couple pages of this book uh, by Gary John Bishop. And uh, I got notes. I got scribble. I got crap underlined. That's the way you do it. You you teach yourself because this isn't a novel. This isn't just a a leisure read. This is a read to make your your life better, get in a better spot. So that's the way I do it. I I, I listened to this book on uh, tape or on Audible you know, MP3 in my car on a uh, four hour drive. And it was about a four hour listen and it was phenomenal, phenomenal. And I was like, I'm getting the book and I'm rereading it and I'm going to note, make notes and all that. Um, but what thing he talks about, let me find it. Where is it here? There's a dude talks about a psychologist, uh, Albert Ellis, one of the forefathers of modern psychology. Um, he found, uh, that the way we think, uh, well, basically he said he found that we think and talk about our experiences shifts the way we feel about them. In short, our thoughts are our bedfellows of our emotions. Does that make sense? We think positive. We're, we're happy. If we think negative, we get negative. Um, Ellis, Albert Ellis, the psychologist, he had learned uh, that the way we think is very often completely irrational. Repeating that, I got a little bit confused on you there. Bottom line is Albert Ellis, renowned psychologist, uh, basically came to a conclusion, amongst many others, I'm sure, that the brain uh, basically helps us be really irrational in our thoughts. Our thoughts can be extremely irrational. I don't know why I struggled to get that out. Think about some of the stuff you've thought about in the past even in the past couple of days, uh, we tend to think in hyperbole. I, I believe we we exaggerate things. Somebody tells stories. When people are telling stories, the story is much more interesting uh, if if the events are exaggerated slightly. But that shit goes on in your head too. You know what I mean? That shit goes on in your brain. You exaggerate these thoughts and and you stretch stuff and you bend truths. And it, it's. You got to be aware. It's not a bad thing, people. All right. It's not that we got mental problems or there's something wrong with us. It's okay. It's everybody does it. But the super successful or those that are more successful, they recognize it and they control it. Maybe they're doing it consciously or maybe they just have a little bit of a different brain pattern and and they uh, they just have they're, they're better at. Uh, staying positive and they don't even realize they're processing these thoughts and flipping them into a positive thought, but they're doing it. And that's what we all need to do 
uh, is take those pos- those screwy thoughts and make them positive again. I, I another uh, I read a little abridged book. I don't even remember the name of it, so I can't give the guy credit. But it was uh, it was about why we make mistakes in the workplace. For instance, uh, you know why does your warehouser miss pull product, or why does uh, think why do we give somebody the wrong information or why do we forget to do stuff? And it comes down to the fact that our brain makes us think we're better than we are, which sounds interesting, sounds good. We should feel better about ourselves. What I mean is it'll convince you that something transpired in a different manner than it really did. And you'll get yourself convinced that that's true. Um, I don't know if I'm explaining that very well, but it kind of comes down to kind of a, a principle of mine is if you never lie, you, you don't ever have to worry about keeping your story straight. So just always tell the truth and your story will always stay straight. But if you're lying and trying to make up a story and sell that story, you're, you're going to get that story so screwed up. That's how the bad guys always get caught. You can't keep that story straight because your brain will keep changing it along the way. If you just stick to the facts, you're golden. And that's kind of where these dudes, whoop, I just scraped the pen across the mic. That's kind of where these dudes come in. This crucial conversations gang. These guys, this book uh, came out in like 2002 uh, for the first time. Guys, fellas, Kerry Patterson, Joseph Grenny, Ron McMillan, and uh, Al Switzler. They uh, did like 20 years of research before they even wrote this book on uh, human behavior. And it's really, I would read the whole book. If you're in business, not in business, if you negotiate a lot or not, whatever. The the idea is they call it tools for talking when the stakes are high because uh, they delve into the how um, communication breaks down and how things get screwed up and how people get upset and we don't really handle things properly. And uh, they talk about uh, there's a section in this book and similar to a little bit about how what what Gary John Bishop talks about. These guys in Crucial Conversations talk about how our brain tells ourselves stories and getting back to how amazing the supercomputer of a brain is. uh, You can somebody can say a statement to you. They can tell you that they, you know. That sweater looks nice on you, for instance. Just, I don't know. Just stupid comments. Stupid. It's stupid. It's a silly example, but I'm using it. That sweater looks nice on you. And you hear that word. And in a matter of a split second, you make a million different assumptions about why that person said that comment, what that comment was. Is it really a nice sweater? Why is he saying it's a nice sweater? Does he think, is he trying to kiss my ass? Is he really trying to compliment me? I don't know that guy that well. Why did he come up to me and say, I got a nice looking sweater? Uh, Does he want my sweater? Does he want to buy my sweater? Does he going to steal my sweater? Is he going to borrow it sometime and never bring it back? All of that crap happens in your head in about a split second. Your brain tells you a story. Now, let's say that person happens to be somebody you don't think very highly of and they compliment in your sweater. You're going to take that. You're going to twist it into a negative connotation somehow. Uh, 
vice versa, if you think very highly of that person and you've always wanted that person's attention and they say that's a nice looking sweater, you might take that and exaggerate it to mean, oh my God, this guy wants to date me. He's going to propose marriage to me in another day. That's how it works. That's how the brain works. (coughs) Excuse me. I'm getting worked up. Do you ever have a dream at night you go to sleep and you have this unbelievably epic dream, vivid as hell, the huge days and hours or whatever, hours and days can transpire throughout this dream and all this stuff's going on. Your, your car, you know, you drove your car and took it to the shop. Then you turned it into a race car and you're at the Indy 500. And before you know it, you're buying fried dough at the stand at the 4th of July parade. All of that goes on in a dream and you wake up and you realize you've only been asleep 30 minutes. That's because your brain's working that fast. It's putting all these thoughts through your brain, through your head in a matter of seconds. Wild shit. (laughs) You don't have to believe me. Research it yourself. Okay. (laughs) That's how it works. Um, But the thing about, uh, so bottom line. Two awesome books to read and research and pay attention to. Uh, But the main thing they're talking about, or one of the main things they talk about, is how the brain screws with us by feeding us. Uh, Very often, it it fills us up with negative thoughts. It gives us self-doubt, self-loathing. We tell ourselves we're not good enough. We're not smart enough. We can't do it. And that's normal. But what we need to do is react to those thoughts differently and we need to turn them around and make them positive thoughts. Okay. (coughs) Not going to get into how to do that today. I'm just making you guys understand that that's what's going on. Okay. Cause you wake up in a day and you're like, I can't do it. I can't do it. Yeah, you can, you can, you just, you got a thought in your head saying you can't, if you just keep listening to those negative thoughts, you're going to just keep believing them. What you need to understand is that those thoughts are natural and they are controllable and you can turn them around. You can turn that frown upside down. (laughs) All right. So that's that. Um, Without kicking a dead horse, I think I might wrap this up. I'm going to real quick review, and I've done this before and I didn't do a very good job talking about it, so I don't want to screw it up a second time. But communication styles, we take uh, part of the problem uh, with us getting ahead is is poor communication. Um, Think of these four communication styles. There's an aggressive style. There's a passive style. There's an assertive style. And then there's passive aggressive style. What do you think is the best one of those four? Well, if you said anything but assertive, you're wrong, okay? (laughs) So you got your aggressive style. That's the person that's always getting in people's face. They don't listen. They're just telling people what's what. This is how it's going to happen. Do it or else you're going to be in trouble, blah, blah, blah. Passive. uh, You know, it'd be sure would love it if that could happen. Uh, You know, it'd be sure like that meme of the guy from office space, you know, Hey, if we could get that done today, that'd be great. That's passive and it doesn't really work. And then you're passive aggressive. Those are the worst guys. Those are the ones that say nice stuff to your face, bad stuff to your back. Very bad, very bad. And very common, very common, you know, um, won't get into a lot of detail on that assertive. 
Assertive is the key. An assertive communication style keeps the emotion out of the conversation. They just speak the facts, okay? I'm going to need that done by Friday because of this. Bam, pure fact. Not I'm going to need that done by Friday or you're fired, or I really hope you can get that done by Friday. That would be great if you could. No, I need that done by Friday because, boom. The because part, that's just good management, good leadership. Anybody that knows why they need to do something is going to be a little more motivated to do it well, okay? But that's the thing. Assertive is just stick to the facts. These guys, Crucial Conversation dudes, they talk about that a lot, um, it's a lot easier to have a difficult conversation with somebody if you just stick to the facts. Keep your emotion out of it. Don't raise your voice. Don't get mad. Just understand that between you and the other person, you've got a point that you need to get across and you just need to stay cool and discuss it and just stick to facts. Don't make assumptions that that person said whatever they said because they were trying to get under your skin. No, that person just said what they said. You don't know the reason why. All you know is the fact of what they said. You got to just stay to the facts. All right. I'm not going to kick that dead horse. And I wasn't prepared to get into a lot of detail about that anyway. But assertive communication is the key to successful communication. Okay. Will. You must have will. Will to get to your ends. Okay. All right. Couple good books, crucial conversations. Unfuck yourself. Don't let that brain screw you up. Okay. All right. That's it. Vitamin O. O quits his day job. Motivation to get you started. We are done. See ya. How do I turn this off? There we go. This is the outro music. It's the music at the end of the podcast. They call it outro. Talking about the stuff that was on the show. Thanks for listening, folks. This has been the O Quits' Day Job Podcast. Motivation to get you started. This podcast is brought to you by Greg Owens. Comedy.com. Produced by Greg Owens. Music by Greg Owens. Everything by Greg Owens, except the artwork. That was Joe Owens. Check him out sometime, too. Folks, don't forget to subscribe, follow, share, brag about, go to Instagram, all the stuff you're supposed to do when you like a podcast. We'll see you next time, folks. Thanks for coming out. Boom. Bow, bow, bow.